Hey everybody, welcome to another session of Thumbs Up or Down, You Decide. I'm Eric Chappell. I'm Lewis Leach. And today, got a bit of a special treat today. Uh, not talking about uh, a movie today. Uh, instead, talking about one of the three big major series coming to Disney Plus through Marvel Studios. WandaVision. <laughs> the uh, first of the... <laughs> yes, the first of the... Uh, even though they've had television shows through Netflix and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. through ABC. This is the, apparently from what I'm being told, this is like the first official time we're acknowledging the TV shows as canon. At least WandaVision is, from what I'm told. Which does make sense, considering uh, this film does take place after um, Avengers Endgame, after all of that. Uh, but before we get into that, um, what was your introduction to WandaVision? Because you've told me that you haven't exactly seen every Marvel film, so... My introduction was it was through you. Asking mm-hmm. me, hey, have you seen War Division? Well, we were trying to prepare for filming a short film. Oh that was yeah, my exact I... introduction I... to War Division. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's how that, that's how it happened. In the car, asked me, oh, have you seen War Division yet? No, I've never even heard of it. Oh, okay, well let's. And then you went into the detail. That was about how many weeks ago? Maybe even more than a month ago. I don't even remember which short we were doing. Was it the, was it the one that we were planning on? From uh, it was the um, just be happy short film. Okay, then it was that one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. you're in the car and you're just like, oh, have you seen one vision? I was like, nope. And then you're talking about the actress from that seventy show. Yeah. Oh, that is something I'm gonna get to firsthand at the first and then, episode. Um, it, yeah, just um. Yeah, so you, you were my introduction to this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I, I've been binging this with... Uh, I, I was watching this week to week with my mom, and uh, she and I both got obsessed to with it. Um, to where she actually... I'm not kidding when I say this. She binged through every other Marvel film prior that was on Disney+, Plus just so that way she could understand the series completely. Yeah, I, I admire her for doing that. I mean, she didn't need to, but... That is something that I was worrying about when I first uh, went into this, was uh, is this going to be able to stand on its own without having anybody having to see all these uh, big uh, other Marvel films that it's just going to be like a whole bunch of homework? Because it's like, um, it's kind of like it reminded me of when my friend Zach told me that the DC Extended Universe crosses over briefly with the uh, DCCW universe the t- uh, with all the TV series like Arrow and Flash and... All I could think to myself was, no thanks, that sounds like a lot of homework. <laughs> I mean, granted, don't get me wrong, I'm, everybody has their preference, but it's like, for me, it's, uh, television's a little bit harder to follow, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, but not this show, surprisingly. Um, does it live up to its hype as the first official uh, Disney Plus Marvel series? Well, let's take a listen to the trailer, and we'll be right back with our thoughts of Season 1 of WandaVision. What's a single girl like you doing rattling around this big house? Well, I assure you, I'm married to a man, a human one. Okay, that's the moment you ask, are you married to a dog, woman? I'm married to Chipmunk. (laughs) Now, uh, you want to know what maybe uh, uh, lose my lose my cool at one point was when my mom first told me is 
uh, when she finally discovered that WandaVision was a pun. Like, she didn't realize that Wanda and Vision was a pun on the two characters, as well as the word television. And bear in mind, this was like uh, five episodes in, so... The fact that it took that long to actually realize that connection is... Yeah, I, I, I think I realized it uh, as soon as I saw the first episode, to be honest with you. Speaking of the first episode, uh, let me just uh, first off say the obvious. Uh, there, The actress Deborah Jo Rupp is in this in the first episode, and she is in the rest of the uh in a few later episodes. She does not age. And, well, and for those who don't know who Deborah Joe, theory on that. Yeah, and for those who know who Deborah Joe, uh, who don't know who Deborah Joe Rub is, she's the mom from that '70s show. And if you don't know what that is, ask your sister. <laughs> yeah, that that was one of the first things that just took me off guard, and that was even some, uh, my mom also told me that it was. Uh, I'm sorry. Go on. What would you? Have? What was your theory? Uh, well, my theory is, it was stupid, as you know. However, it was just the fact that um, she's not human. She's an alien from another planet, okay? The fact that she, it's, it's been how many years since that season? And she still looks the fucking same. It's been 16 years, I'd imagine. She like, uh, hold on, let, let, let me just check. What, what? Sorry about that. I, I need to, on, need, uh, need to check what. She was also on, um. There it is, that's on the show. Well, it's good to know that she's still been getting work, because, uh. Uh, I had to look it up. That 70s show ended in May of 2016, or at least the last episode aired from when I was looking. Uh, yeah, so it's been 15 years. She's also on, she was also on Friends. She married Phoebe's brother, little brother. Yeah. What? Yep. Yes. That was an, was that an episode or in real life? No, that was an episode, <laughs> dude. Okay. <laughs> Uh, although, granted, I would have put a past her if that actually happened in real life. Um, I mostly know her from that 70s show, so it's, I yeah, guess I just haven't been keeping an eye on her. On well, uh... Oh, oh, you meant work. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, with that 70s uh, show, yeah, it's like, it's obviously... definitely been on some, some sitcoms and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, uh, but going back to WandaVision real quick. Um, <laughs> going into episode one, it's clear that, um, well, the style of the show is obviously it's a tribute to a lot of classic sitcoms from back in the day to modern day. And the first episode clearly starts out with um, a tribute to the 50s, uh, specifically Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Because uh, they actually do I've it. I've never actually seen that show, so a lot of these I learned some things. Uh, I've seen... actually even watched Malcolm in the Middle. So. Oh, well, Malcolm will get to. Um, <laughs> uh, but going off of Dick Van Dyke, I, I watched a couple episodes of the show um, back when I was taking this uh, 1960s uh, film class. It, it is kind of interesting to like see this film like hit nearly all of the tropes that uh, sitcoms of this era had. Like you know, some of, uh, like especially the way like some people talk in the sick and in old television shows. Mm-hmm. Like you can clearly tell with the first line. My wife and her flying saucers. My husband and his indestructible head. <laughs> Which, I have to say, now that I say that out loud, thank you, Disney, for giving that double oh entendre. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't... I... Oh my God. <laughs> I'm a child, and I am not afraid to admit that. But I love how the first episode is also a play on the parody of the pilot episodes of sitcoms, where... 
you're starting to figure out the rules of this world, like, you know, what what's the husband's job? What does the mother do at home? And also just figuring out what exactly the company does, which is actually one of the lines that Vision actually asks his coworker. It is kind of charming uh, and also a little awkward to, like, see those tropes both uh, sort of uh, parodied but also realized as, uh, or executed out as, I should say. Like uh, the moment where uh, Vision is singing uh, Yakety Yak to distract somebody. Uh, like those kind of moments where you're just like doing something really sitcom-y embarrassing just to get the other person distracted and not get in trouble. Like they handle that really well. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I've been going off on a while. Did you want to add anything? <laughs> well, one thing I was going to say was just a bit of a warning when watching this. This show kind of is like uh, the movie Harley Quinn, in which really? you kind of want to do a little bit of research on the characters themselves before you actually watch the, the show, because it'll actually make a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll still enjoy it if you haven't, but there are certain things that are brought up that if you don't, if you haven't seen the thing, the, the uh, entertainment that these characters are originally from, it might not make as much sense to you. Yeah, because they throw in a lot of Easter eggs to uh, not just uh, classic Marvel comics, um, make certain reference to some of the previous movies as well. And like I said, they do... I'll also say this. Uh, I feel like you would also enjoy this movie if um, you're one of those uh, history nerds when it comes to like television or film and stuff. Like, I kind of am. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, another thing that they also end up doing that uh, kind of threw me off, especially for a streaming service, was they ended up doing some commercials as well. Uh, like, in the first episode, you have the uh, Stark Thinking Toaster. Uh, going back to what you uh, said about references, is um, I realized is that as you're watching the series throughout, you realize that each of the commercials is a reference to the Infinity Stones from the MCU. And ironically enough, that those commercials, I'm not going to lie to you, kind of confused me at the start until I realized that the show is, the show's structure is that of a television show. Because mm-hmm. it, it, I, I literally thought that the commercials were a part of Disney Plus's actual, <laughs> I, I didn't really You actually thought they threw in ads with their streaming service? I was just like, wait, like, is this an actual, like, commercial? Because, like, this weird, looks like a weird-ass product that, that, they're, that they're advertising. That, the people were dressed really weirdly. They, 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 I was like, are they taking it back to the 80s? Like, what? And then it just hit, I was like, oh, wait, no, WandaVision, that's right. This is, they're trying to make it as close to a sitcom as possible and obviously with sitcoms you get commercials so it, it, it took me a bit to realize the the, the the structure that they were trying to get spot on even with you know the commercial bits to it it i think it would have made it a little bit um more understandable for me if i'd actually gotten a little bit uh if i knew a little bit more of it myself but i mean i it just, yeah, I, I would definitely say that if you can, like, because 
I would I would never tell someone to to go watch a Harley Quinn movie if they don't know who the character is about that because no, with, with um, Harley Quinn they do kind of make references to the Joker, so I would definitely tell someone just like at least kind of know the characters and the relationship and stuff like that because well not just the Joker yeah. but also the first Suicide Squad movie as well which they do establish her firsthand in that movie. Uh, which I actually never watched, to be honest with you, but... I would recommend it. <laughs> okay. So, I'm, I'm just leaving that out there. Well, I was about to say, because I did watch um, clips of Suicide Squad, but I never actually watched it. I, I don't actually think that someone needs to watch Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad in order to watch Harley Quinn. I just think that they do need to know about the relationship between her and Joker, in order to, because it, it is referenced a lot, his character in that movie. So it would help to kind of know who, who the guy is that they're talking about with this. They're, they do kind of pan back to, like... Previous events in the MCU. Literally, yeah. And, like, this is what happened. Here's what happened. Because there's one <laughs> scene in particular in one of the episodes where... They're literally talking about what happened with her brother, what happened with Vision, being at war, you know, stuff like that. And if you're not already aware of that prior to watching this, it might be confusing. Because I, 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 I do kind of feel like they, they do it in such a way that it's like people should already kind of know about this, you know. So we're just going to say this if people already know when they actually don't, like someone like me. So I would kind of recommend possibly watching some of the movies that these characters appear in prior to watch this movie. Because, I mean, yeah, if you're mainly yeah. focusing on uh, Wanda and Vision, uh, the only films uh, you would need to watch are Age of Ultron, Infinity War, and Endgame. But those also uh, have a lot of other things that you could be like, what is going on here? If you're just going straight into those where I could understand it would be confusing as hell. Yeah, it, it does. And also with the recasting of, and with the recasting of Pedro, it's like unless you're a film or a comic book nerd, you're not gonna understand the reference, or why a lot of people were really pissed off about him. Uh, but I'm jumping the gun. Um, so yeah, I would just say kind of like if you can, kind of prepare yourself mentally because they do. I mean, you're still going to enjoy it mm-hmm. regardless because it's it's not that kind of thing to where you have to watch them. It just helps with, with, with the confusion and all that stuff. So if you can, do yourself a favor and watch it. If not, <laughs> you know, I guess just sit back and be confused like the rest of us were. Or if you're a sick motherfucker who likes to watch a character have his boss, uh, watch his boss choke on meat. I'm sorry, that was a weird way to word it. I was, yeah. thought, I was trying to reference... Uh, because uh, we were we were really talking about uh, the one moment where the boss is choking. We were wondering what was the reason for that yeah, happening. It, well, that and just like the boss's wife, the fact that she just kept saying the same thing, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you're you're definitely going to have some. You're gonna have some questionable moments that make you go, "What is happening?" Literally, more often than not, there and certain scenes are. Literally, it'll leave you speechless. Be prepared to um, be thoroughly confused by the way war. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, and it's like, because after watching that, uh, the ending of that first episode, I was starting to get the feeling of this is uh, Marvel's mixture of sitcoms and the Twilight Zone. 
which is a weird combination I never thought anybody would need. Um, uh, but traveling over to episode two, where we have the uh, the Bewitched parody, uh, it shows Wanda using her magic a little bit more. And uh, uh, there are some more moments where uh, Vision is trying to use his powers, but subtly without everybody discovering who they are. It also... Episode 2 actually gives us the answer to how robots in the Marvel Universe get drunk. Just give them a stick of gum. Which, I don't know why I got overjoyed by that little moment, but it's just... I really don't know what to say to that save Sassy. I was just like, I actually didn't realize that that was their way of trying to portray him as drunk. (laughs) I don't know why I thought it. Like I said, you're going to have so many, like, what the hell moments throughout the show. There are like so many moments, and I'm just like, that that was that was kind of one of them. Um, there are, there are several others. It's not it wasn't the only one. Oh yeah, like the scene where um, uh, the radio's trying to call out to Wanda, and it uh, it cuts the woman's hand in front of her. It cuts. Yeah, there was a moment where uh, the radio was uh, oh, trying yeah. to get in contact with Wanda, and um, uh, she was talking to this like a uh, president of the homeowners association, was it or the better wives club something like that it was like a group of housewives getting together and uh she was like the team leader or something yeah and uh no, i remember the woman it's just i think in all honesty there was so much going on within the episode that i didn't notice it cut her hand hmm. at least i just didn't remember um because i i was when you guys kept saying it'll explain it it'll explain it i'm like you're only confusing me more <laughs> Well, part of that is the fun of it, uh, but the other thing is, uh, the other part of it is, uh, you don't know exactly how to word it without spoiling it. Actually, it's kind of like that movie, um, Seven Stones with Will Smith. You can't really... Wait, Seven Stones or Seven Pounds? Seven Pounds, sorry. You can't really say too much without ruining the entire film. That's kind of the way this, this show is, is it's one of those shows where you literally just have to kind of sit and watch uh so this this show is definitely not good for people who like spoilers uh yeah <laughs> especially for a show that's released a week to le- week like this was uh so if you are the person that, ta- that the person that likes spoilers um Watch something else because... uh, Yeah, I think at this point, uh, as we're going forward, it's going to be hard to talk about without going into the spoilers. So, um, So, spoilers mark here. Yeah, uh, just if if you don't like spoilers, just stop listening. (laughs) Because this is all... The first two episodes are are a tribute to black and white television because at that point they start going to color. Uh, One interesting behind-the-scenes detail I noticed was that someone had pointed out that Vision's face in black and white was painted blue. Mostly because when it was turned in black and white, it, the red color or the red paint that they were using looked a lot darker. So I guess it was their way of saying, we don't want this to look anywhere close to blackface. Although one thing that this, this show did kind of, signif- uh, kind of do was, because there's so many people that, that want like kind of the rules of the universe and you have to explain this and you have to explain that. This show didn't do that. Nah, this is one of those cases where, uh... It's one of those shows that already has the universe explained from a previous franchise, so it's like... But I felt like they kind of, uh... Gave a hint as to how Wanda got her powers. Because I did like that sequence where they showed her, like, interacting with the Mind Stone. But, like, with, with like, said, this is one... One 
show where where they don't explain it and it's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. People just kind of accept it. So yeah, because in television you can have those plot holes filled in later down the line. So it was it was one of the, those shows in my eyes that that was breaking ground with breaking rules. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. And not immediately saying this is the rules you have to do this. You have to, it's that wasn't the case. And it was actually kind of nice to actually see that. And then we move on to episode three with the parody on the Partridge family and the Brady Bunch going into the 1970s. And uh, we also get the introduction of Monica and uh, the build-up to uh, Wanda's twins. Uh, yeah, th- this is one of those where it's like it's... Uh, and the more I think about it, it's like there, there really isn't really much to comment on until like later on when you get to episode four because those two go hand in hand as to what happens to the character of monica later on Monica, yeah monica rambo the uh the the, the, the woman who uh near the end yeah had had her dna switched they start off coming in as like the the swinging uh neighbor who moved into town and then you start to realize oh no this is a lot more crazy than you think With the structure and 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 with Wandavision and then modern life reality. Oh yeah, uh, especially when the aspect ratio starts shifting everywhere. And your mind is just like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> Am I still watching this? Or and then they 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 pull you into these aspects of the show that you're like, how are they doing this? And like, so this is one of the things that was never explained was. How was it being filmed? Oh, like uh, you don't know who was behind the camera during those moments? Literally. You don't know who's filming it. You don't know who's writing scripts. You don't, you know, it's like... Well, I think Wanda's writing the scripts. Uh, they kind of imply that. You know, and it's just like, like I said, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's like, and you tend to wonder how, but... I have so many questions! Literally! And then, like I said, it's just, even now, think about it, I'm just like, how? They also managed to use the uh, s- some side characters from previous Marvel films to their advantage as well. Uh, for example, the detective, uh, Jimmy Woo. He was introduced, I think, in the Ant-Man films. I know he was in Ant-Man 2. He actually was the one. He actually asked Scott about the card trick that, that you see what in his inter- introduction. Like, huh. James Woo, it pulls out the card. Like, that, that was a little trait that they brought over from Ant-Man and the Wasp to kind of give him a little bit of development. Okay. Which I thought was nice to kind of signify he's been busy. I don't actually know of the movie that you're talking about. I, I do, but I never watched it. Oh. Well, that's why I'm uh, explaining. Um, to be honest with you, the movie kind of looks stupid. Uh, well, yeah, I'll admit the Ant-Man films are on the lesser tier. I'm not going to lie about that. Although I have, uh, one of my theories about WandaVision is actually apparently going to happen with the next Ant-Man film, um, but I'll get to that when we get to the end. Uh, the other character that they actually make really good use of is the character of Darcy from the first two Thor films. She 
originally was an intern that worked for uh, Natalie Portman's character, Jane Foster, who's Thor's girlfriend in the comics. Um, But they gave the character of Darcy, uh, Kat Dennings, uh, a much bigger role as being like, you know, someone who's dealt with uh, extraterrestrial travel or any of this kind of sorcery beforehand. So it was nice that they brought her as like the expert to like try and figure out Wanda's magic to some degree. I'm not going to lie to you. She was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm... I'm going to be honest, I did not like Kat Dennings in Thor The Dark World, but I loved her in this show. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. You you can well, make her good. who was literally, like, the scientist trying to figure out everything. I have a, a, just kind of an affinity for very strong, very intelligent women. And her character is like... Yeah, because uh, I'm going to be honest, her character was... Her character in the Thor movies was one of those annoying comic reliefs that didn't really do much, but... Here she's actually doing a lot more, and so I got to thank uh, the people behind WandaVision for actually giving her something to do, and also making making her a little bit more uh, making her. Char- well, I'm talking about the character uh, of uh, God. What is her name? Uh, Darcy. Sorry, I'm talking about the character of Darcy. I'm not specifically talking about Cat Dennings because uh, I I like Cat Dennings. I think she could be a good actress. Or sorry, God, I do not know how to word this right without. Make it a... She's a good actress. It just depends on the people behind the character. The director and writers. Sorry. I was about to say, um... <laughs> I got tongue-tied for a minute. I'm sorry. I was about to say, the way you were wording that second one, I was like, go on. Wow. Anyways. <laughs> let's talk about the Family Ties parody. Bad, <laughs> uh... Well, what I was going to say was, I just, I love, I love that they're starting to create more character, more female characters that are not just assistants or anything like that. They're actually, like, scientists or these strong scientists, intelligent women. They actually have important roles that move the story along. Exactly, and I'm loving that fact. It's not just male-driven with these, you know... Because, I mean, her character in this, in this show was, like, a uh, massive scientific, scientific, like, you know, enthusiast, someone who... Not just hers. Well, no, not just hers. It's just, I liked her character. She, her, her, she, you know, her character's personality, just everything about it. I, I, I loved the fact that she also was very confident with her work, and she wasn't al- allowing any man to tell her that she couldn't do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was just, like, one of the things I loved about her character was the fact that she was just, the fact that, did, that they're doing that in general is just making these characters that are just very strong yet intelligent. Uh, then going over to the Family Ties episode, uh, which you thought was a parody of Full House, which I don't blame you for. They're, it's just, it, the they're both they, so wholesomely similar. Well, the fact that they kind of, because I remember with Full House... Structured with showing the houses and showing kind of like the hillside and stuff like that. That's kind of the way it looked from WandaVision when you actually saw one of the scenes from them, like just kind of putting pictures together, uh, you know, with their kids, watching them grow up and stuff like that. It kind of was like. I love the opening credits with the show Baby Vision. <laughs> like, that is like, adorable, but also terrifying. With, with, with just like so with them like showcasing their kids growing up, so it kind of just looked a little bit 
cinematography-wise, Full House-like. Mm. And a part of me is actually kind of wondering if that was an ode, a tribute to her, her sisters with Full House. I was like, I wonder if they actually did that on purpose for the sake of the sisters. That, uh, that was a theory. I was guessing as a joke, like if the Olsen twins had cameoed on WandaVision, but turned down every offer to reappear on Fuller House. I just, you know, so like that would have yeah. been a hilarious middle finger to Netflix. So yeah, I, it's, that, that, that was kind of the reason why. Because like cinematography-wise, it was very much like Full House-ish kind mm. of thing. That and possibly the story as well. Yeah, know. well, it does uh, not just Full House, but also Family Ties as well, which is... Um, let me see if I can bring up the uh, intro to that. Cause, uh, because when I actually saw that she gave birth to... Well, obviously was two twin boys it was like i wonder how much of this is kind of an ode to her own life and her own or if that's just kind of coincidence funny enough that actually uh, you are right on that because later on the those twins end up developing powers of their own so it's just you know you tend to wonder kind of how much of this is borrowed from the character's actual the actress that who plays his actual life or you know what have you mm. Okay, so this is the intro to Family Ties. Uh... Like it does the paintbrush and the painting. Is that Michael J. Fox? Yep. Oh, uh, wait, was this the show he actually had his wife on? Uh... I believe so. <laughs> yeah, that was actually, uh, that was the first show uh, he got a big starting on, and, uh, he had so much trouble filming Back to the Future because he, it was caught in the middle of his family tie schedule. Oh. <sighs> yeah, it's... Yeah, see, I've never actually watched Family Ties. I've heard of the show several times, partly because I'm a big Michael J. Fox fan, but I never actually watched the show, and I'm like... I watched a couple episodes when uh, it appeared on The Hub, or Discovery Kids, as it's now called. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was yeah. the channel that had my lo- the new little My Little Pony at the time. <laughs> For... It's okay. I'm not gonna hold that against you. I used to watch it too when I was a kid. I, I was yeah. obsessed, but you know. This one was actually a lot better than I expected too. Like it's like if Powerpuff Girl, if it's the writer of Powerpuff Girls, if she was working on the My Little Pony. Huh. And I love how um. I love that one moment where uh, you have Agatha, or excuse me, Agnes, before she's revealed. <laughs> like, that moment where she's asking to take it again. Yeah, that was also one of the, 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 the parts of this that, I'm not going to lie, still kind of confuses me. Because I'm just like, because, <laughs> spoiler alert, you end up finding out that she's a bad person in this in this film, or uh, movie. Or, mm. Oh my god. But also, if um, you did... So- also, I feel what? like if you're not someone who uh, knows what it's like to do acting on set with uh, with actual professionals, sometimes there'll be moments where cast members will ask to take a moment back just to like try and restart that moment and capture that magic. No, I get that. It's just it, with with her, like I said, supposedly being a bad character or at least the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just weird that she was asking that question to me when I'm like, wait, does she actually know what's going? Is, is she part, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the know? Or, and then you end up finding out completely that she's one of the people that's causing a lot. I'm like, 
Her character was one of the probably most confusing character arcs of this of, of this show for me. I didn't. Well, uh, we'll we'll get to them when we uh, get to the next episode because um, they they actually there actually is a moment where it's like I do kind of get what you're saying about her like kind of playing the innocent part. Um, I just one thing I want to bring up about this episode is just uh, or no wait actually it does tie in uh with this episode still because she has that moment at the end where uh with Sparky the dog. Yeah. Yeah, that was another moment where you start to get the idea that maybe something's up about Agnes because. That I mean, you. I think you could still hear the dog uh, uh, whining before it's like uh, she lifts him up, and it's like he's completely quiet and wrapped up. It's just like I said. I actually didn't even notice that. Be honest with you, mind you, we were watching this with subtitles, hmm. so I didn't actually even notice that. It's just I. Well, even I, then, I still noticed it with subtitles. Really? Yeah, the small whining. Yeah, I, I didn't actually. I don't know how. Maybe I, I might have been mishearing something, but I think I think well, I do remember. Um, like I said, there's there's a lot of moments in this show where my mind was just kind of trying to process what I'm watching or what I'm seeing because there's so many what the fuck moments that you're just like. Oh god! Like when the kids grow right in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> that was god. so freaky. I was like, duh. That's why I was kind of like agreeing with Wanda when she says, no, please don't grow up again. I'm like, yes, please don't. Please, that's terrifying. It's just like I said, I'm just like, I just, my mind went, did, that was probably one of these moments where my mind just did a complete double take and I'm like, and I, I was speechless. I couldn't talk. I couldn't even say what. It was like that again, with, especially with the ending of this episode where uh, the credits play, but then they're still arguing and then they go into the living room and it's like, oh no, wait, they're still arguing, but... The credits rolled. You're supposed to end this. It's just, like I said, it, there's just so many moments that you're just like... It's just mind-boggling that you're having to process it quite a few times. There's no other way to describe it. It's just weird. It's not even creepy. It's just weird. The kid growing up ran away was very creepy. <laughs> yeah, that spooked the shit out of me. Babies to children within seconds, I'm like... And it's like you also even... First of all, she gets freaking robot how does that happen i'm not answering that question was not strictly and and i think it's magic is she supposed to be the virgin mary like well she has a ken doll (laughs) sorry i had to say it Again, so many questions. throw away all logic out the window. It's either throw logic out the window or accept that it's magic and like, okay. It's just, logically thinking, or logical thinking does not work when, it just, it does not get along. 
with watching this show. It just it, it is not. It don't don't think that you're going to watch it and completely understand because trust me, you won't. Yeah, it's like you think Wanda's going to use her hands to wash the dishes. No, she's going to use her magic to make things even more complicated, but make it showy. It's just you know, so I just I don't know. And the fact that every freaking episode is a new decade, and you're just like. Really, this is one of those shows where you really have to just throw all logic out the window. Mm. Yeah, because uh, in the next episode, they do Malcolm in the Middle uh, for their Halloween parody episode with special guest Uncle Pietro, <laughs> played by Evan Peters, the other Quicksilver, or Pietro, which is leads into another theory that I thought was going to happen with this series, where they were going to confirm the multiverse existed, where they were going to acknowledge all these other superhero franchises that happened outside of uh, Iron Man and Captain America and all that stuff uh, are actually going to confirm that they all actually did happen together, but it's in separate universes, so they can do it as an excuse to bring some actors back, which I thought was what what they were going to do, but uh, they didn't. I just, I don't know, I I keep thinking about just like all these episodes, and, and this is one of those shows where it's a little hard to critique because mm-hmm. well honestly I think Tenet would be a lot easier for me to critique than the show would be only because I actually understood Tenet a lot more. Okay. That might be that might sound really, really bad. No, I'm curious. It's just because like with Tenet, you have you do have to watch Tenet at least once. And you're gonna have the same exact reaction with Tenet you're gonna have with this show, even one episode. Hmm. Which is, what the hell did I just watch? It's gonna, that's going to be what you're going to think is just going to happen, so just kind of accept it, because it, it, I have yet to meet a single person who has watched the show who hasn't been like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting, but like, what? Okay, that's basically all they say. That's kind of how I feel about Doctor Who. You know... It's funny that you say that because I was friends with someone, very close friends with someone. I hope, and I think you know who this person is. What I'm talking about? They were obsessed with Doctor Who. Mm. Possessed. Possessed. I've never watched a single episode. I have no desire to watch it, uh, an episode because, quite frankly, I watched a couple arcs uh, when my brother was into the series when David Tennant was on board. It's just yeah, I just um, with Doctor Who, I never really got into it but I can kind of see how this could kind of be kind of like Doctor Who with changing everything changing and just being changing reality constantly literally so because honestly just just because I I have had some people explain to me what Doctor Who is about and I'm not going to I think one of the reasons why I never watched it is because quite frankly it sounded exhausting to me you're, you're wanting to stay loyal to like a fan base and, and to a series, yet the thought that they're changing it constantly every season, it's, that, that would honestly irritate the hell out of me. Especially so, if I was one of those people who was like really engaged in the story, and then it's like when they sidetrack off of it, it's like, what's the point? Basically, so it just, because she did try and get me to watch that a couple of different times, which I find it ironic that for you, that kind of reaction you had was the same with with Doctor Who because I was like I actually know someone who who really loved that show and here you it's not one of your favorites 
I think, yeah, this is, um, I don't know. Uh, one other thing I also want to mention is, because uh, they make a, m a reference to the, uh, the film series Kick-Ass that... Uh, Kick-Ass was this uh, superhero film where a bunch of uh, regular-ass people decide to just be vigilante crime fighters. Like, uh, the first one has Nicolas Cage as Bat-Dad and uh, Chloe Grace Moretz as his daughter, Hit-Girl. Like, I think that was actually the film that propelled Chloe Grace Moretz to as big a popularity was as she did now. Was there a character in this movie where they had the power of invisibility but only if you weren't looking at him? They, I... I, I they might have. I for, it's been. I think it's been eleven years since I've seen the first movie. Because this this movie kind of sounds very similar to, or that kind of sounds just like a movie that my you might, is power on wide. Yeah, I can't remember if that's the first one or the second one. Interesting. Yeah, they they made two ones. Uh, the second one has uh, Jim Carrey as this uh, uh, character, Colonel Stars and Stripes, and he has a dog who, uh, if he gives a code word to, ends up biting the his enemy's balls. The dog gets vengeance. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's actually a reference. Uh, uh, they go trick-or-treating and then Pietro says like, all right, it's going to be kick-ass. And then Juana has a moment going, kick-ass. Hmm. And the reason why is because uh, not only have Aaron Taylor Johnson and okay. Evan Peters. Yeah, not only have they played uh, the character of Quicksilver beforehand, but they were both in the first kick-ass movie as uh, the main protagonist and his best friend. Yeah, so that's okay. a bit of a reference for the adults there. <laughs> I must say, that's also another Easter egg, one of which, uh, I think that's one of the things that, that about this show that was so confusing is that they mentioned so many kind of, you know, Easter eggs that there's, not even characters, except just, just Easter eggs within it that you kind of have to know what these things are that, that they're talking about in order to really kind of get it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of why I did the disclaimer at the beginning, because that, that's only another one I didn't even know about kick, the movie Kick-Ass. Mm. Only until you start talking. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Easter eggs, um, I, I wanted to talk about the specific commercial for uh, this one episode, which is the Claymation Shark with yogurt. Oh, dear God. Yeah, uh, let me just uh, recap with some of the previous commercials, because, like, episode one, we've had the Thinking Toaster. And I'm not going to lie to you, I thought that was a real freaking commercial. <laughs> I was like, is this, what, is this a freaking go then no, I realized, oh, okay, that, that's what, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Literally, I thought it was a freaking commercial for Gogurt, but I was like, please don't I did too, and, but then I realized, that doesn't come in a cup. Gogurt's in a, in a tube. Well, I was, I was about to say, like, wow, they're really, like, doing some, like, big budget shit with, with, with commercials nowadays with, like, except the fact that it's claymation and all that, and, like, selling a yogurt. And I fully expected it to be something like Gogurt or something like that, that they were doing like different packaging or something like that. I had no idea that it was just a commercial for WandaVision. I was like, oh dear God. <laughs> Yet another one. So it was, it was one of those things. I was like, oh my God, okay. Yeah, and it's like, the shark doesn't help the kid open the food. And it's like, oh, you just... It's also one of the moments where it's like this This show gets incre incredibly dark incredibly fast where you just like slowly watch the kid just decay away like it's just, yeah and then you got the previous commercials that I wanted to bring up like uh, Strucker's Watch uh, and then uh, the Hydro Soap uh, Lagos Wipes uh, 
and then with the next one, which we'll get to, uh, Nexus Antidepressants, if, uh, you, as you watch them, you start to realize that each of those commercials is a reference to the Infinity Stones. Uh, the Thinking Toaster is the Mind Stone, which, fittingly enough, is the one that cre- uh, gave Vision life and Wanda her powers. The Time Stone, which is the Strucker Watch. There's Hydra Soap, which is the Space Stone. The Hydra Yeah, or Hydra Body Wash or something like that in, in the Partridge Family episode. I, I, I know it was at least a shower. Man, I really like, because I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't pay that much attention to the commercials that were supposed to be for WandaVision. <laughs> to me, yeah. I, I treated them just like the commercials that, that we have nowadays. I, I don't blame you. I was like, oh God, I have to deal with these commercials too goddamn people. Like, give me a break. And I, I, well, you have a pause button. Well, it's just like, I'm just like, ugh, okay, I have another freaking commercial, damn it, so... <laughs> And like I said, my mind, just when it goes through commercials, I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. And I go to something else. So I'm like, I'm not even realizing they're talking, they're saying that, like, they have Easter eggs in, and I'm not even knowing what the Easter eggs are. <laughs> I'm so stupid right now. It's like, it's like, so it's, like a, it's like an Easter hunt uh, provided by the Trix Rabbit, and you're an adult. Like, I don't eat this stuff. <laughs> Fittingly enough, uh, someone actually pointed out it's like there are, uh, if you're focusing on the Infinity Stones mainly, uh, there is a list to like uh, follow the films that only reference them, the, in case there there needs to be like a game of catch up or something. But a game of catch up with food or a game of catch up like catch up. Game of catch up like catch up. Okay. Sorry if uh, if my wording's off. <laughs> What is the secret of this ketchup? <laughs> what rabbit pulled that out of his ass? Ketchup and tricks. Yeah, um... <clears throat> then we get to the uh, Modern Family episode, uh, which has my favorite line in it, where uh, Agnes offers to babysit the kids, and she's like, I won't bite. I once bit a kid once. Uh... Where uh, Vision attempted to uh, smother their kids, or like pick up a pillow when he said do something, and he would pick up a pillow in reference to smothering them. What? Yeah, there was. I think I missed that part. Wait, wait. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and I don't know why I'm laughing. It was really not that funny, but like. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking and about now. They, they put them in their cradles, or their, their, their little bed that they had time, and she goes, I can't remember what the line was by Wanda, but she's basically saying something like, oh, we really need to get them to sleep, you know, how do we stop them from crying? And he walks over to the couch and picks up a pillow, and as soon as he kind of does that, Come, in comes walking Agnes with, you know, just, oh, hey, your friendly neighbor. Right? You know, I oh, 
I remember now. You know, there, there, there's my alarm with, with uh, you know, crying babies, you know, and, and I'm just like, I'm, just, I'm like, wow. Agnes with her jazzer size outfit. It's just the fact that he went to go pick up a pillow in, in, in reference to try, and I'm like, was that like an actual serious? I was, Man, now I, was, I have to go I, back and rewatch that. I wasn't sure if he was like doing that for the sake of, because like that sounds more, maybe I'm just taking this shit to a dark place. <laughs> Wait a minute, I think you might be right because I realized Vision doesn't have any actual ears. Yeah, but then he wanted to start going back to crying again when they realized they missed a part. So I'm just like, when when Vision's like, I'm just like, it kind of seemed like there was there was a uh, line. Um, I can't remember if it was in this episode or if there was another episode. He's just like, I don't know, referencing some kind of button to get them to stop crying or something like that. Like, you know, and I was just like, wow, okay. Hmm. And I love how uh, in when they get to the Modern Family episode that he and Darcy have a bit of a road trip. And occasionally, like, when they do have the cutaways, it's like him just sitting outside the van. Isn't that a road trip? At the end of one episode, Vision is, like, uh, in the middle of a circus, and then he finds Darcy, and they go out to... Uh... Oh, okay, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, that's I what I was referencing, too. Uh, sorry, I was, I was... For some reason, I thought you said uh, Vision and Agnes. Or actually, now that I think about it, because uh, there was that one moment, uh, that one moment I wanted to bring up, where you start to see Agnes uh, play a little bit of the innocent card by pretending to be one of Wanda's victims when Vision encounters her. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and my, that was actually the Halloween episode too. Yeah. I just I I um so that's part of, of why I was so confused when she when it was the whole oh I'm the one that's doing it and I'm like. <laughs> It's just like, like I said, when they're sitting there, like, that, that was another, like, what the hell moment when you see that she's, like, the bad one and, and you know, you end up finding about her arc and her story within the show. And Petro, too, is with her. It's just when, when she's in the car and she's really acting like one of their victims and then she goes, I'm like, I don't know, to me it was almost unnecessary with, with the story. Hmm. It's like, you, did, you didn't... Well, really... I think it kind of was necessary because it also... Helps placate to like Vision not being suspicious of her. It threw me off when her character was the the arc of the story that oh you know we can't have her character being figured out. It's like I think it probably yeah. would have worked a little bit easier if uh, we had that moment of discovery with Vision uh, probably like earlier, like maybe if. Uh, there is a brief moment where you do have him uh, snap his coworker out of the transfer a little bit, and then he goes back to it and is like, "Now, when I send an email, where do I put the stamp?" It just, well, like I said, that kind of made me 
just because there was no arc with that. It was she was just, you know, one of the people, you know, trying to play this character that she wanted to play with the other uh Agnes character though, it was for me it was just off. Hmm. Because then you find out that she's got this entire arc and she's this 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 bad witch who's who's, you know, trying to take power and, and I'm like okay, now I'm her character also is a little bit confusing for me off the most. And uh, as we get on to like the the, uh, the last two episodes where we do get to learn more about Wanda's backstory and Agnes's, Agatha's backstory as well. Because uh, one of the things that was supposed to happen was that it was originally supposed to be 10 episodes long. But one of the big problems that happened, of course, was coronavirus ended up halting a lot of productions. So they kind of had to work with what they had filmed left and just try to kind of cut corners a lot of here in places so i i can definitely see where where you felt like there was a little bit more that you needed so i don't know i felt like the rug was pulled under me when when i found out that she was like oh hmm. you know she's the bad it's like wait what especially when you find out that wanda actually is in all control of this and it's just only like the small bad occurrences have only been because Ag- agatha's been meddling it just yeah it just it seemed it seemed weird to me is all is is to do all that with her character and then be like oh what yeah instead of having it be Wanda against the military crew Wanda against Agnes and I'm like eh. I do feel like it does go into like the cliche this is a Marvel production let's have a big fight sort of deal like between some and I'm like thinking because like I literally that's actually probably where when you asked me like how many of your predictions came that was probably the only prediction I had was that it was gonna be Wanda against the military mm. because for a lot of for a while I was thinking that the military was the antagonist in in, in the movie um, the, the the big guy who was kind of in charge of like trying to get past the shield and get to one I mean I really thought that it was gonna be the entire military against her not Wanda against Agnes. It just it kind of seemed like they threw Agnes in kind of left field and like, oh, okay. I was kind of hoping it was going to be more of a three-way battle where it's like uh, you had Wanda and Agatha and occasionally the White Vision would come in to try and stop Wanda but then get halted away or stalled by a vision that Wanda's created. Well, that's part of the reason why I thought there was going to be the military was because I thought maybe it was going to be Vision against like white vision against Wanda and you know or like at least vision and Wanda against red vision and Wanda against white vision yeah you want to know what uh one of my theories uh one of the big main theories uh, actually was behind white vision they were actually suspecting that he was going to turn on the military uh because they suspected that he that this vision was actually uh the villain Ultron brought back to life in uh, duplicate Vision's body. Okay. Which, I don't um... Know, I guess what you're talking about, but okay. <laughs> uh, um, it's... He's the villain in Avengers 2. The one where Wanda and Vision are introduced. Okay. That, that's kind of what I was referring to, because, like, I thought it would, like, placate back to the original movie to be like, uh, hey, the, your first baddie is back. Part of why I thought it was going to be with the military is because I thought that throughout the entire thing... You were constantly thinking that it, it's the, they were constantly portraying the military as the antagonist with we gotta get in there we gotta stop her you know and 
everyone else is basically treating him like he's the villain. And then when they were kind of going back and talking about how, literally showing how the, 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 this whole group of like government officials took these people away from her, you know, it kind of seemed to, it just, I don't know, the, the, the show. Or as you later find out, uh, they took some, uh, they just won't leave her alone. Literally. So it's just like, like I said, it's, it, it kind of seemed like the show was trying to portray it as Wanda or uh, the military is the antagonist here. Mm-hmm. And it's a Wanda against the military because of everything they were concentrating on during, throughout the show. And it just kind of seemed like they kind of threw Agnes in there mindlessly without, you know, kind of a plan. The one thing about it is that I think uh, the reason they went with uh, Agnes or Agatha is because uh, she does have a connection with another big Marvel villain that uh, later down the line, uh, Wanda and Vision, they do fight. Uh, Basically, it's Marvel's interpretation of the devil, or a devil, I should say, uh, named Mephisto. Uh, And that was actually one of the things we were were speculating, was that uh, we thought Agatha was going to be the right-hand man of Mephisto, and they were going to reveal Mephisto in this series, but... Uh, that actually didn't turn out to be the case. Um, but what was funny is someone speculated that maybe Mephisto was going to be Dick Van Dyke as a way to like kind of appear to, in a more comfortable form for Wanda to tolerate. Interesting. Yeah, which I think if they still do that, that that could be a good choice. I mean, I mean, I also don't blame them for making that theory because uh, it was said that Dick Van Dyke was actually uh, approached as a consultant to see how the series would work and see if they were getting the sitcom tropes right. So, honestly, if they actually did bring him back for a villain role in a Marvel film, I'm totally up for that. I'd love to see Evil evil Van Dyke. That'd be awesome. Although now I'm kind of just, like, after all of that with, like, the characters and stuff they've gotten and where it's going now, a part of me is wondering, okay, what is actually going to happen now? Like, because, I mean, Mm. we really saw her building an entire family within this world between her kids her husband you know this and that and i'm like is are they is she going to attempt to actually create these individuals in real life instead of just a fantasy world well i think now that they established that white vision has uh red vision's memories and um they did hit, uh, admit that the WandaVision is going to tie into the events of the next Doctor Strange and the next Spider-Man movie. Mostly the next Doctor Strange one because that it has multiverse in the title of it, uh, the madness of the multiverse. So there is a possibility we could be seeing those kids come back. And who knows, maybe some of those theories that I was talking about might come true even. Another theory that I was going to have was that uh, this was also going to be the the start of uh the mcu introducing the x-men into their universe uh because in the comic that wandavision is sort of based on house of m uh there's a certain plot point where wanda goes no more mutants and the entire mutant race is just uh just completely like blanked out like they're normal again like no mutations no problems no whatsoever but what people were speculating was that it, this could be the reverse, where instead of no more mutants, it's let's bring more mutants. Huh. But they they actually did confirm uh, they are going to be doing a new X-Men reboot, uh, but this time they're going to call it The Mutants. Huh. 
Oh, you're thinking of the new mutants. Uh, no, this one is just the mutants. I don't know. I think for me the show was unorganized with the storyline and the planning. Hmm. I think that's part of where I think the confusion was, was that a lot of it was, especially, because I think, I think that's kind of where, in my eyes, with the whole Agnes thing, that's kind of where it is. It's just, it's kind of unorganized because it kind of just feels like they took the only option that they possibly could because the coronavirus was kind of went along with it. Like, so it just, to me, it feels unorganized, but in an organized fashion, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I get it. it you, it's organized, but not orderly. Basically, like I said, with, with the storyline and, and what goes on and, and it just instead taking things that kind of already established and I'm adding to the story and I'm like thinking, is this kind of, you know, you're, it, it's almost like they're, they're, they're going one way with it and then changing direction to a complete another. And I'm like, and now I'm confused by this, mm-hmm. but they kind of did it in such an organized way that it's like, okay, now we're kind of pulling the key back in. So, so I think that's kind of where my issues with, um, I get that. Oh, wait, there was one more theory I wanted to bring up. Uh, there was a, I had speculation that they were going to be introducing the Fantastic Four into this series, but what they're actually planning to do with them is they're planning to introduce them in the next Ant-Man movie. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I think it was because, uh, the create, uh, the main producer by the show, uh, Jack, Jack Schaefer, um, uh, she actually, uh, had talked about how like uh, she didn't think about adapting she wasn't looking at this as like a big marvel project with easter eggs she was looking at more as like um i mean not that she, not that she didn't include easter eggs but she was mainly focusing on how this is a representation of wanda's cycle of grief like how I she starts off that. in denial and then gets angry when people try to tamper with it i i can see that yeah because that's kind of how I thought near the end when they were when they were discussing that one episode with um, not the finale but the one right before the finale. Mm. I literally thought that that literally was kind of what they were doing was they were showing you because I mean throughout this movie they're or, throughout, now I'm doing what mom does calling shows movies and movie shows oh. throughout this show. I love this show. <laughs> throughout the show they kind of kept kind of keep you on your toes with what's going on you know how is this going to unfold what's the next thing gonna be you know i mean that's basically you know how is she doing this how did she do this in the first place kind of track with the show was they kind of keep you on your toes with what's going to happen next kind of thing and near the end because like they, they do kind of answer like how she doing this stuff like that. It, you're 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 realizing that it's all her, but you're really not understanding how and why. Mm. So when you actually when they do show the second to the last episode where you end up realizing oh and that's when she they kind of really break down psychologically what happened why she did what she did in the first place and then you know and not only that but having agatha like relive it by watching it again literally so like i said you're just you're you're realizing yeah this entire show is 
her way of, of confronting her grief and not wanting to let go. Yeah, I mean, she's lost her parents. She lost her brother. She's lost the love of her life. Then she lost her life for a while. So it's just like I said, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, I can totally see how, how it's, it's a, a show exploring her grief because you kind of see the psychological steps coming through each episode. First and second one, the denial uh, and trying to fix, you know, the, the world that she's living in with, with the denial. And then you go into her being confronted with and then her getting angry and then going back into denial. And then... And then trying to bargain with the fact that her brother's back. Like, okay, this is happening, but you know, I'm not sure what's happening. And, and all that stuff. And then you're, like I said, you're finding out what happened with her. I mean, I can definitely see how this was a... a project of grief and processing and stuff like that mm-hmm. for, for a superhero i can totally see that yeah especially with uh when she finally comes to accept that she can't keep this reality up anymore like that's a heartbreaking scene to watch because, like, like she has like she she created two kids she has you know the life that she's always kind of wanted and yet she has to literally get give it all up and then when you finally see the, those final not even not like the finale, but just like those very, very last scenes where you're seeing her in a cabin. I don't know if she was trying to make her own or kids or if she was trying to get vision back. I don't know. I think currently she's trying to study uh, the kind of magic she's now aware of. Like, I think it could just be like a bit of like untapped potential at first, but it's like now that she's fully embracing that, yeah, I'm a fucking witch. I think I need to prepare myself and figure out what, what what can I do just to kind of maybe help her officially bring the process to life without it being some kind of fantasy that she's living in yeah because and it does kind of work well with her character considering that for the most part she's been used as such uh, as used as such a tool by so many other people including even in some degree the Avengers have kind of used her but it's, so it's like for her to have this kind of freedom is like very rare, very rare. So it's like, what do I, how do I use this? How do I use this? Where, what do I do with it? Where do I go? Kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I'm really kind of interested because, in, like, now that they've kind of established why they had that structure for WandaVision in the first place for the like, entire first season with doing it sitcom by sitcom, mm-hmm. now I'm kind of curious as to how they're going to do. Lay, do, lay out with the second season. How are they going to actually lay out the structure? Because I would totally love a second season. Like uh, like I said, I would love it if they would do an episode that parodied the idea of reboots. <laughs> and especially if they do get the Olsen twins for a cameo, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, but another thing that was actually uh, confirmed that wasn't originally planned was uh, there's a separate... Some people may be for this, but some people may not be. But, like, if she ends up having twins again, making it twin girls. Ooh. And then making it for her sisters. Oh. 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 <laughs> or no way better. It's an alternate universe, but with the boys, and they still got their names, but it's still the Olsen twins. It's just like, like I said. Because Tommy and Billy can be girls' names, too. I I know, but it it's that's a fact. It's just like I said, the fact I'm like a part of me is just like wondering like 
you know, if that's par like possibly where they're taking this is like if they end up having twin girls again, like having them grow up and like hmm. growing up so fast to because technically her sisters are older than her. Oh yeah. So having it be like a curious case of Benjamin Button thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just now getting this yeah. image in my head oh where it's like, God. it's 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 the birthing scene where she has the yes, twins, but I instead guess. one of the old twins just stands up like, ah, ah, man, it was getting tight in there. Well, even if her sisters would agree to it, I mean, they've been retired from acting for so long. I don't think that they want to actually go into acting again. I can kind of understand that because Cameron Diaz is sort of the same way with when they asked her about a Charlie's Angels reunion. I don't know. I mean, they got Phoebe Cates to come out of retirement once or twice, so I think I think if they can get the Olsen twins for like just like a brief cameo, it might be all right. So yeah, I'm just like that would be that would be interesting if they well, because like you mentioned, like the Olsen twins and like I'm like yeah, I'm just saying you guys are like really taking this. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. I'm just trying. I'm I'm brainstorming ideas of what they could actually do instead with with incorporating her sisters and stuff like that into the into the series. They'd be like, can you do a favor for your little sister? And their response, you got it, dude. Actually, I saw saw a bunch of interviews with her and different things that she's really worked hard to be separate from her sister from her sisters and I can get that. No, I can get that. Under that scrutiny that okay, either she it's nepotism kind of thing or something else. No, no one, from what I got, no one really wants to acknowledge that her, her and her sisters are separate. Well, that her uh, success has nothing to do with her Is sister. all her. Yeah. Yeah, it I has think that. nothing to do with. Oh, I, think I, I know that's the same way that. with uh, the Hemsworth brothers because uh, there's three of them and one kind of does his own thing in like his home country or something. Uh, but, you know, we got Chris as Thor, and then we've got Liam Hemsworth, famous for the Hunger Games. And uh, it's kind of funny because, like, there have been a lot of jokes where people have said, like, oh, if they make a He-Man movie, they should have Liam Hemsworth play Prince Adam and Chris Hemsworth play He-Man. And while that's a cute idea, I guarantee you they would both be like, no. Well, there's, I can understand that because there is a... I prefer a cape. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And one thing that they've actually said in interviews, or at least the twins, is that they do like to try and separate themselves because so many people growing up used to see them see them as like the same person. To where they do try and separate their personalities, that way people can actually stop confusing the two. Kind of treated like they're the same person, and they're like they're not the same individual. They're two completely different individuals. Or one one does something, and, and everybody thinks the other one's gonna follow. Kind of. So I can I can totally see where Elizabeth Olsen would be that type of person that would try and you know separate herself from her sisters. I mean, I can totally see that. <laughs> He'd be like, Mary, go get Mary, go get your sister. Which one? Uh. Kate, go get her. I'm Elizabeth. Okay, Elizabeth, go get it. The fact that she looks just like her sister oh, too, you know, has so I can totally see how that 
pressure's there. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, like, like I said, it would, it would be kind of just, in my eyes, a little fun to, to see her sisters kind of involved in certain ways since the, the show kind of, in certain episodes, kind of has like a full house slash like twin or twin brothers kind of, you know, or twins vibes. But I mean, I can, I can understand how she wouldn't want that. And I, would, and I can respect that. Makes sense. But what I was also going to get into is that uh, because of the reception that the first season got, uh, especially with how they brought in Jimmy Woo's character from Ant-Man, uh, there's actually been talks where uh, – uh, but he did a test on Twitter where he was asking his fans like, uh, hey, do you guys want to see more of Jimmy Woo in like a possible X-Files series? And a lot of the fans were rushing to that idea and he, what ended up happening was the director presented this to the head of Disney and like, can we – which I, I guess kind of makes sense, considering uh, companies like HBO Max uh, approve this Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. So, at this point, anything's possible if you get enough people backing it. I was like, said, now that Mom has kind of said that, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding where, where... I mean, yeah, because she's had be. big struggles. She's worked, according to her, she's worked really, really hard to get where she's at. And people still put her in the category as... It's nepotism. She's getting it from her sisters, and it's not that case at all. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, she's had to work really hard. She's had to work probably twice as hard, and she still gets people are stereotyping her and saying it's nepotism, and that's how she got where she's at. And she's, mm-hmm. I feel bad for her. She's, she's done it. Yeah, because uh, I know one of the biggest complaints she's had about uh, playing Scarlet Witch is her choice of wardrobe, because she actually pointed out, why am I the only Avenger showing cleavage? Yeah, that was uh, that was some. So when they brought in her like uh, her official Scarlet Witch outfit out for this mo- uh, for the, the end of the series, that's actually uh, what a modern interpretation of the Scarlet Witch's outfit should look like, and so that looks fantastic. I actually liked that fact because her costume wasn't overly sexualized. Hmm. You know, the fact that she wasn't, you know, or at least I don't know. Because her, her, I don't know. Let me, let me, let me, let me, because go back to what her costume looked like. Because it, it seemed like her, her costume was, yeah. I so because yeah, I remember that. I remember uh, when I saw that. I actually really, really loved her costume because it, it wasn't. I mean, I love the character. You know how much I love Wonder Woman. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. But sometimes her, I, I get tired of these females who are portrayed as these superheroes, literally getting dressed up in the being forced to dress up in these in these costumes that are completely sexualized, mm-hmm. and trying to make them more appealing to the male audience, or at least that's what it seems like. And with her costume. It wasn't overly sexualized. It was just very. It was showing this. It was. It was symbolizing this woman who's very, very strong, capable. You know, but without having to show too much skin to do it. That's one thing that a lot of people have really come to terms with is the fact that you don't have to be showing your boobs in order to make sexy or make make strong look sexy. Like her Halloween costume, 
Yeah, that's like that's the exact that's that's like the exact comic book uh, image from the comics. I was kind of happy they did that as a Halloween outfit because they also did that with Vision as well, where it's like uh, his Halloween Vision is like supposed to be the one from the comics. I mean, yeah, with with for actual costume, you do kind of get like a sweetheart line with the the actual clothes coat she's wearing, but like when it actually comes to like her Scarlet Witch costume. Classy is what I'm looking for. Very classy. Modest. And, and modest uh, costume that isn't requiring her to show her skin or too much of her body. It's like, you, and she, her character is like this perfect, you know, is a perfect example of someone who can actually be strong and sexy while doing it. Just like Shirley Theron. Yes. Just like her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I really, I really loved her costume. Actually, I, I uh, thought it was a good idea on their part with, with the way that they did that and showing like this the the classy and elegant side of it without having it be overly sexualized. Mm-hmm. And I'm also glad at the at this point, Marvel is a little bit more comfortable with doing uh, a, uh, costumes for their characters that are clo- are a little bit more accurate, but still have a bit of a modern update to them. Yeah. It just it well because like a lot of little girls tend to look at that stuff and they're like oh I have to it's like yeah. no you don't you don't have to show a lot of skin in order to be sexy besides actually there's another woman who actually much younger than Elizabeth Olsen when she was playing her character who in my eyes could actually be considered a superhero and it's also not overly sexualized mm-hmm. can you take a guess of who I'm talking about. It's from a serious, very popular series based on a book. The Hunger Games? No. Oh. Uh... I mean, possibly yes, but there is actually one even before Hunger Games. Okay. Uh... Bookworm. Very popular British actress. Do you know where I'm going with this? The series it's based on is extremely popular. That's Harry Potter, isn't it? Yes. God, I didn't want to... St- I don't know why I was thinking the obvious answer wasn't correct. <laughs> I don't know why my mind was thinking that. Hermione Granger is an obvious another example as to how a woman can be strong and intelligent... And sexy without being overly sexualized. Well, I, I don't know if anyone would describe Kid Hermione as sexy. I mean, that's... No, but I mean... But I get what you mean. You, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I, I just, I like the fact that they are making it to where they're, they're trying to teach girls that you don't actually have to dress this way or that way in order to be strong, intelligent, you know, all while sexy. I like the fact that that's what they did in the series. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with where you're coming from. It definitely, uh, this show gives a bigger spotlight to Wanda than any of her previous films have. Like, even for Infinity, even while Infinity War does give her a great amount of uh, screen time and a lot of awesome moments, I I feel like this series does her justice the best. Uh, and even for uh, how cut down it was, uh, it actually was. 
I would still, yeah, this is still a thumbs up for me. Like, this is definitely one of the better TV shows uh, right there as of now. And thankfully, it's on a service that's, or, or it's on a streaming service that's perfect for this kind of series. I would just say, if you're gonna watch this, just kind of massively prepare yourself with all the Easter eggs and topics. So just watch the other series just to kind of get a good grasp of the background characters and stuff like that because it's it's if you don't it might be a little bit confusing is all but it's still just as enjoyable without it yeah i would say if you're purely watching this show to focus on wanda and vision and uh, i i would say if you need a guide to like give yourself a little bit of history about who these characters are watch avengers Avengers, Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War, and then Infinity War and Endgame to kind of get an idea of where they are. Those are the That's the quickest way I can say to learn about these characters. And where can they find all these movies? Disney Plus. There you go. All conveniently in one package. Alright, um, I think that's uh, pretty much uh, where we're going to end off uh, here, so uh, thank you for joining us on this segment. This has been Thumbs Up or Down, you decide. I'm Eric DePel. <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take care.